0: Hello and Merry Christmas Eve to all you Grand Prairians out there. This is Jenna Picor, and I just had a little thing to share with you on this wonderful, beautiful day. And I found an article, or a little, it's it's actually a Daily News editorial comment from the Grand Prairie Daily News from December 19th, 1976. And it doesn't show who wrote it, but I just thought it was a very good uh, little article that I wanted to read uh, real quick for this this, uh, holiday season. And it's called, It's Christmas, Enjoy. An oft-repeated expression this time of year is, Christmas is for the kids. If that's true, it's only because we adults fail to take the time to enjoy the magic of the season. Christmas is for everyone, or could be if we would just take time to pause and enjoy. And if you haven't stopped long enough to smell the Christmas tree, so to speak, this may be your last chance for another year. We all have last-minute shopping to do, cards to get in the mail, and packages to wrap. And we all have the same problems that have plagued us all year long. We're short of money, or a family member is ill, or we're worried about a possible promotion at work. But maybe, Just for this one week at least, we should make a conscious effort to forget about our troubles. Maybe we should make sure we don't lose the substance of Christmas in its myriad details. The best prescription we can offer for a joyous holiday season is simply this, relax and enjoy. Sometime this week, take time out and do something purely for the sake of Christmas spirit. Visit a shut-in, go caroling, Gather the family around the fire and read a Christmas story, or put on some Christmas music and just sit quietly and reflect. Do anything that might rekindle the Christmas feeling you perhaps only vaguely remember. By all means, spend some extra time with your children, help them to enjoy the season, and you can hardly help but be caught up in their excitement. Christmas really is for everyone, but we older folks have to work at it just a little harder. The extra effort is very worthwhile, however. I just love that, and I thought that's from 1976. What was that, 43 years ago? And they're still talking about the same things that we talk about now. We're all busy. We all have all this stuff going on. Tonight's Christmas Eve. We're going to have, you know, a whole other week before we get to New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And we're all off from work and we're trying to hurry up and get everything done and meet with family and friends and do all of our Christmas, you know, things with our families and this family and that family and traveling back and forth. And it can just be so overwhelming. And I loved that he wrote about how adults need to appreciate the magic of Christmas too. It's not just about making magical Christmases for your kids, it's about having a magical Christmas yourself. And I know that sometimes as an almost 40 year old woman, I sometimes, who is a mom, I sometimes forget to do that myself. So I just wanted to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. I wanted to remind all of you to take the time and really enjoy this season. And we will be back in January with some wonderful interviews we have lined up I have um, scheduled an interview with Tammy Chan. She is the director of the Grand Prairie Homeless Organization, and Dr. Vern Alexander, who is the assistant superintendent for GPISD. And that is coming up the first week of January. I'm so excited. Have a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year. Happy holidays to us all. And we'll see you in 2020. Okay, so good morning, and we are here this morning at the Ruthie Jackson Center, and I'm with Dr. Rhonda Brown Crowder. Good Good morning. morning. Good morning. We were supposed to be at the Playground Adventures, and yeah. the rain decided to wipe us out yes. from that. Which, I mean, it's never terrible to be at the Ruthie Jackson Center. They've right. got new furniture in here, which is beautiful, but yes. I was really hoping to get over there. I know. It's amazing
1: over there. Yeah. Definitely go.
0: You've, you've been really involved in that process. One of the reasons yes. we chose to go over there is because yes. of yes. your involvement. So you've mm-hmm. been over there to visit.
1: Um, actually, I've been over there, I guess, about three or four times. We did a couple of VIP plays before the um, opening uh, opening day uh-huh. and um, have done a few interviews over there for uh, Channel 8 and some of the others. Oh, wait, I saw yes. that. That's awesome. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: WFAA loves Grand Prairie. Yes. They yes. always do stuff mm-hmm. on. I see, the, you know, Mayor <laughs> Jensen over there a lot doing interviews. I know. He's amazing, too. So you were were you a part of, like, were you on a committee to get that Yes, I was
1: involved, uh, or I I still am involved Uh in the advisory committee, Uh and um, the thing that I like about our city is the fact that when they said, we want to do this for our special needs community, they didn't just go and say, okay, let's put this there and that there and that, this looks good. They wanted to make sure that the equipment that they selected, the whole layout layout of the um, the park was something that was really going to be something that we, as a special needs community, could use. Mm-hmm. And so um, they asked me, invited me, Rick Harold, uh, former parks director, yes. invited me to be a part of that. Great community. guy, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> as a parent, to give feedback on that. So um, here we are, five years later. Wow. And we finally got our park. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> yes. So you you say you're a
0: parent. Mm-hmm. So um so you have a you have a son. His yes. name is Caleb, and he he is all over the place just as much as you are. <laughs> I thought you meant literally all over
1: the place. See, he moves around a lot, but
0: yes, he <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll see pictures, and one uh-huh. of the reasons, like, just to give a little bit of background, one of the reasons I asked you to be on this podcast mm-hmm. was just because of how involved you are yeah. in the community, <laughs> but your son is, how old is he? He's 12. He's 12. Uh-huh. So I'll see pictures of him <laughs> with the chief of police, yeah. and,
1: and then I'll see
0: him like, y'all did something one day. It was, uh. Was it Fly or oh, something? Oh, it's
1: at Challenge Air, actually. Yes, well, we were up like 12,000 yes, feet yes. up. Yes. <laughs> and y'all are just doing stuff all the time, just yes. as a family. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, so, like, this this park, for those that don't know, it is over off of Warrior. Yes, Warrior. Kind mm-hmm. of almost by, if you were to go to Prairie Paws, it's kind of over there. Right. Um, and it's in the Phase 1. Phase 1, we just opened Phase 1,
1: yes. Right. Uh-huh. And so, it's, but it's an all-inclusive park yes so tell people about it yes okay so again the park was designed um, I guess the thing that differentiates this park from other parks is it was designed the equipment for um, those with special needs mm-hmm. so if you drive down the road anywhere in any city there's tons and tons of parks but none of them have equipment that a any special needs person whether regardless of their disability would be able to go and actually use mm-hmm. so with this particular park no matter what the uh, level of ability is, mm-hmm. um, whether someone's visually impaired, someone has uh, is, has uh, missing limbs, someone's mobily challenged, uh, having uh, uh, intellectual disabilities, um, anyone mm-hmm. would be able to go and use this part. And the beauty of it is, is that we are promoting that side-by-side play where um, Caleb with autism can go with one of his mainstream peers and if they wanted to go and play together, they would actually be able to play together and that is what sets this part apart from all the other parks that are out there you can you can actually take a wheelchair through the entire part of it can't you you can there's a ramp that goes all the way around there's a wheelchair swing there that um one of my uh, miracle league baseball players um actually came over and and used it for the first time and we rolled him on there and got him all hooked up and everything and the look of joy on his face was amazing because that's not something he had ever experienced before in a wheelchair to be able to swing and so yes, so he would be. And there's there's a merry-go-round that we can you can roll them out onto the merry-go-round to be able to use that. And it's just there's other things that they can do. There's tactile things that they can touch because you know a lot of our kids are very sensory oriented. Mm-hmm. So we just we took all of those things into consideration so that when they go out there, they can all have a play a great play experience. Isn't there a place um, where kind of like a
0: like a, it's in, where they can kind of go and kind of take. Just kind of relax for a minute.
1: What is it? I can't think of what it's called. Um, it's actually, we haven't, that's that's coming. That's okay. That's one of the, the new phases that's coming. It's going to be called a tranquility guard garden. Okay, okay. And you're right. Basically, what it will consist of is, because, you know, a lot of our kids with autism, and maybe probably some of the other special mm-hmm. needs as well, um, have a tendency to kind of get um, over overworked. Uh-huh. I know Caleb does. He gets going, he gets excited, and all of a sudden it's like the excitement keeps going and he's trying to calm himself down. Right. And it's like a little bit of a gap in between those two things happening. So yes, the, um, the idea is, as we continue to build out, is that we will actually have a place where they can go, kind of a cool down mm-hmm. area, if you will, where they can kind of collect themselves and have a little bit of quiet time, but still be a part of the park facility and everything. And uh, be able to, you know, gather themselves, and hopefully be able to go back out and play uh, again. Can parents go there too? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it sounds I know. awesome. <laughs> hey, after I, believe me, chasing my son around that park, I, t- I, I, I gained all my steps for the day chasing him <laughs> around the park. And so, yes, I think I would need to be going in there to cool down a little bit. Too. <laughs> so,
0: um, so, what do you do? I, I know that you um, have your PhD. Mm-hmm. What do you do for a living?
1: Well, I'm a consultant, and basically, what what that consists of is that I go into different organizations that need someone to come in and do team building and uh, to do leadership training. Oh. Um, and and a lot of my work for consulting actually consists of HR addressing HR issues. I'm also an HR consultant, and uh, you know, if there's an employee that I need to have a conversation with to say, hey, let's get your your performance on track, you know, <laughs> and the boss doesn't want to do it, they call me. Um, but just being able to go in and to help to help them to better their organization, so that's primarily what I do. It allows me the flexibility that I need to mm. have a flexible schedule to be available to Caleb and, right. and meeting his needs, and and then being able to be more involved in the community, which right. I absolutely love to do. So, so, is it your company, or do you work for another company? No, it's just me. <laughs> just you, just, <laughs> yes. just only you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing that? Um, since well, I guess for about let's see, it's 2009, so uh, 11 years. Wow. Okay, yes. so let me get this straight. So you're a wife, a mother,
0: you went and got your PhD, and then at the same time you were also running your own business.
1: <laughs> I know. I never sleep. Everybody asks me, how do you do it? It's like, I just, I just don't sleep. <laughs> I know the Somebody's feeling. Somebody's got to go, you know, know. so it's the sleep,
0: okay? <laughs> I know the feeling. I was actually um, reading your blog the other day. Mm-hmm. Actually, yesterday I was reading your blog, and you talk a lot about that, mm-hmm. just, just about... Especially when you go back to school, you know, it's not easy as parents. It's not easy as adults when you have a job and, you know, to even go back and do that. And when you don't have to have a degree, it's something you're doing because of your own motivations. Mm -hmm. How do you keep doing it?
1: (laughs) You talk a lot about that. Yes, yes. Well, it's it. It was very interesting because when I first started my PhD, Caleb was just barely, not quite two years old, mm. and so at that point, um, he so it's manageable. You know, it's manageable. Right. It's the coursework. You know, you have a little, a uh, little more control over how that all works. You know, because it's very structured and everything. Um, and then as he got older, you know, a couple of years later, he was diagnosed with autism, so everything changed. Right. I mean, everything changed. But I was, I was, had already invested almost four years into the program or two and a half years, three years into the program. So you're already, you're already so far into it. You're like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> We got to figure this out because I have to finish this. Yeah. You, know, you talk
0: about the financial um, investment.
1: You've already invested all. Every time that you go back to school, you keep putting more money into yes, it. And yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And, and so you, it's a, it was a delicate balance because you know, having to deal with this diagnosis, something completely new, and and having to educate myself on autism, I had no clue about autism, no, nothing about autism, knew Mm. nothing about autism, and yet I knew, I've got, you've got to, you've got to get up to speed on this, Rhonda, because your son is depending on you so that you can help to best meet his needs and better prepare him for the world, you know, and everything. So trying to do that and trying to trying to do homework and Caleb sitting in my lap and I, this, my, one of my favorite pictures is he sitting in my lap asleep I'm holding him and I've got one hand on the keyboard and one arm <laughs> wrapped <to him>. around <laughs> me. There were many 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 days like that you know of, of just trying to get it all done. You know.
0: Yeah, I was asking because um, you know so I was asking when I was interviewing Dr. Alexander he did the same kind of thing where he was going back to school or he was working full time. I said how did you do it and he said. My wife typed up my papers for mm-hmm. me. And I was like, You don't do it by yourself. No. Like, you <laughs> you don't. There's no way. And yes. so especially when um you know, I think as moms especially, mm-hmm. women especially, yes. we can tend to maybe multitask a little bit better sometimes. <laughs> yes. But it also falls on us to feel responsible to do yes, everything. Yes, So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this morning as we got right, here, right, right. just sometimes the pressure that you feel yes, to keep right. doing everything you need to. Right.
1: So was there ever a time that you just wanted to quit? <laughs> oh, many, many, many times. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's, it, that process is the most grueling. I, I think grueling is the best word I can come up with that you will ever experience because it just, it, it tests all your limits. I mean, mm. if you think, okay, I'm really good at this. It, it takes you to that limit, and then you have to go beyond that limit, and you, you have to ask yourself, well, maybe I wasn't so good at that as, as, as much as I thought I was, you know. Oh, really my take gosh. A, take a hard look at yourself. Yes. And, you know, and then you're getting feedback from your professors, and, and you know, they're they're already already PhDs. So they're not going to kind of sugarcoat. They're going to be, well, why did you put that in there? And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to.
0: Well, you were talking about, I mean, you don't really think about the dissertation and having to present it and having to have people give you feedback. Yes. I was talking to um, a friend of mine that I just love so much. She also owns a a couple of businesses, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how women tend to be emotional about that kind of stuff, where it's, we have to be able to hear the feedback, even if it's not always positive, and have to... Kind of dig down deep and go, okay. How can I get better, yes. or how can I improve? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I, I, I don't like to say that men and women are different in that way, but we mm-hmm. kind of are. Yes. I mean, yes. because we do. We if you have the positivity and the drive to do something like that, mm-hmm. you just think I can do it all. Yeah. And then when you, get, I've I've kind of gone through my own personal journey of no well maybe let's learn a little bit yes. more you know yes. so yes. that must have been hard <laughs> it,
1: it, it, does, it, it really does it's like putting a mirror in your face and yes. you really have to be very honest with you but but at the same time while you look at your challenges and, and the things about yourself that are challenging you also look at your strengths and you're like oh my gosh I have never, math has never been my strong suit right. ever and I actually got well I had a 4.0 in my all of my studies but I not that I'm bragging. Well, I am actually bragging. You know what? So I, said, I think now, you should. I'm bragging, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I got a, I got an A in stats, and I never imagined because I've always had problems with numbers mm. and math, you know. And but to, but even that to recognize that that was a challenge that I overcame. So it's like you it's like this. You just kind of go through. It's mm-hmm. like this weaving of in and out. of, okay, you're really good here, and you need to work on that. You need you know? right. But there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just, that's who we are. Well, yeah,
0: and when you have that ability, that's when you can grow. That's when you can do a bunch of different things. And then when you have opportunities that present themselves like having a child with autism, you rise to the challenge. And you're like, okay, well, we just need to learn about this. I just need to figure
1: it out. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. So you have not
0: grown up in Grand Prairie. No. So where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in a small town in West Texas um, called Coleman, and um, it's. I always tell people, I have to tell people, I reference Abilene because most people haven't heard of Coleman. It's about fifty miles south of Abilene. Okay. And there's about six thousand people there. So wow. Yes, I know. (laughs) Very small. small. (laughs) So most of the people that I went to kindergarten with, I actually graduated with. And when does that ever happen? You know, (laughs) to most people, you got to see them grow up and, and actually. Follow their lives on Facebook now, so it's like wow. known all of my life practically. So. Wow! So when did you move to Dallas or Grand Prairie? Um, I moved here after I graduated from high school. Okay. And uh, to Arlington to go to UTA, so oh, that's okay. what started my Metroplex journey. And um, then I was lived in Arlington for many years, and um, we actually got a house in Grand Prairie, and that's kind of what brought me here. And, mm. um, then we have you know once Caleb was diagnosed and started school, GPSD has the best um, special education program of all of our surrounding cities. Really? I I know that for a fact because I have, you know, I I know moms all over Mm -hmm. the surrounding cities and areas that have kids with special needs, and we all talk about our programs, and they're all like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe they're doing that there because we have a superior program here. Wow. So where does he go? Which, which school does he to? He at? goes to Truman. Truman, okay. He started sixth grade this year, so every, it was a whole big change, <laughs> a whole big change, you know, From he was at Mosley for five year, uh, five years at Mosley, excuse me, six years at Mosley from kinder through fifth, mm-hmm. and um, so new school, new teacher, new everything. <laughs> wow, and that's, that already is an age
0: that Is difficult. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not not the age is difficult. I mean, the being a twelve year old kid is difficult. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes, yes.
1: And and fortunately, at this point, we haven't really we haven't experienced all the stuff that I know is coming. You know, with all the hormonal stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I always go la la la. (laughs) We'll talk about that right now. But um, but I think just for him was, and he actually did better than than I did. You know, the new school. He likes it. He likes his new classroom. His Mm -hmm. teachers. But you know, just, just that whole everything changing and being different, the school start time is different, everything completely different. Right, yeah.
0: so how do they do it? Is it, because is it, um, I don't know, I know a little bit about the special needs programs mm-hmm. that we have here. Do they, are they in classes with
1: each other? Or they, Did they separate or do they do it all together? How do they do that? Well, it depends. It depends on their, our, their level of, of ability. And um, so for some of our kids, they are uh, self-contained, meaning that their classroom is just all special needs students, which is what, what Caleb mm-hmm. is in. And then they have some that are uh, inclusive, where some of the students, are special needs students are able to uh, go into a gen ed class and spend some time in the gen ed class, mm-hmm. a, a portion of their studying time. And then you have some that are actually in, in infiltrated in a full, in a gen ed class all the time, but they usually have like an aid or something with them. Wow. Something with them. So Caleb, is he's actually in a self-contained class wow mm-hmm. that's I, that's really tremendous that we have that type of program it here. really is and so because it, it caters to each group's needs because what, what with the level that he's on right now the needs that he has is completely different from a student that can go to inclusion you mm-hmm. know that may have uh, be able to have more uh, it's more verbal or have more cognitive skills and so it wouldn't benefit him to be in that class right now because mm-hmm. he needs to be working on some other things at a different level. Right. And so that's what I love about our program is that we do uh, differentiate and recognize that our students are different. Right. And in meeting those needs for our students.
0: Yes, and, and being able to give them the resources to actually have teachers and aides. And I, I did know somebody that worked as an aide in Grare Prairie where that was his job was just yes. he was with one student mm-hmm. all day mm-hmm. and um, that's tremendous. Yes. You know, it's, it is. Um, it is. So does he, do you take him, or does he take the bus? How does, how does
1: that work? Well, I'm laughing because I was telling you my story about getting him to school this morning. <laughs> um, but yes, I do take him to school, and um, I have always taken him to school. And um, I, that for me, that's our time together. We, you know, I, I give him his little pep talk in the mornings, I pray over his day, and I get to walk him up to the, up into the school and tell him that I love him. And mommy loves you, daddy loves you, Jesus loves you, you know, and he gets, that that's how he starts his day. He, he does ride the, bu- the bus homeless. Okay, at the end of the day, okay, you you can get home. <laughs> we'll start you off, okay, but you can get off the bus, okay?
0: <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I did, uh, yeah, I asked about the bus because I had a friend of mine, and I do know that the bus does drive outside of normal bus mm-hmm. um for when it comes to special needs mm-hmm. i had a friend of mine who we lived on the north side of town her son had autism mm-hmm. he went to his school on the south side but he had a special bus that mm-hmm. came and picked mm-hmm. him up and he loved it yes and um, the bus driver was amazing and so he was just super excited like yes. she goes she was so nervous to send him and then he just could not wait to get on the bus in the morning <laughs> right, and right. so but that's nice that you see that's that's one of the benefits of being able to work for yourself yes you get yes. to do that kind of yes. stuff.
1: And you know, the thing too is that, it, you know, I have to say when he first started school, I mean, they asked me, of course, in the first argument, do you want him to ride the bus? And, I, and of course I said, can I ride the bus with him? <laughs> 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 they like, no, <laughs> but you can follow the bus if you really need to. <laughs> but but they, his teacher, his first teacher um, did tell me, she said, she said the kids love, our kids love riding the bus. Mm-hmm. And so I realized now that that's exactly the case. But it was a hard decision to let him ride, but I'm so glad I did. I was like, that's one of the two or three best decisions I've made for him thus far because it encouraged his independence. Right. He was able to do something, to go back and forth without me being there, someone that he knew, you know, to be able to depend on somebody else to... Basically, to care for him and to take care of him, right? And um, he's there by himself. You know what I mean? It's just—it's yeah. just been a great experience for him, and I've watched him grow over the years. Just, just getting on off the bus, getting home, and getting off the bus. Well, I mean, it's hard to let our kids go. Yeah, I mean, it is, it yes. is. And but,
0: but you're right. I mean, that's how they learn to. The, number one, it's how they learn that they can overcome stuff yes. too, because they have yes. to do it themselves. Yes. But it also gives them a sense and. When the kids get to do stuff without you, Mm -hmm. now you have stuff that you can talk about outside of just being together. (laughs) Like, I just remember when my daughter, when I was, when it was kindergarten Mm -hmm. or preschool, and I was, I didn't have to send her to preschool, but I did, because I was like, she gets to have experiences without me, yes. and that's okay. Yes. It's not easy. I know. Sometimes <laughs> but, you're
1: like, what? Actually, he's going to be having all that fun without me. I'm not even there. <laughs> what am I going to do with my dad? Like, <laughs> but you do feel that sense of pride. You, know, like, you do. Like, oh, my God, look at my child doing this, and I'm not even there to cheer him on. It's like they, they were able to find it within themselves, right. that strength and courage within themselves to do something new and try something new. Oh, yeah. It's a yes. very big deal. Yes.
0: So, uh, what is, so when you moved here, you went to UTA. Was it hard to move? to, like, a bigger... Oh, my gosh, no.
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> I couldn't wait. I am like, driving down I-20 for the first time, like, oh, I finally got away. I mean, nothing against my small town, but, you know, when you grow up in a small town, all you think about is going to it, most people... It's, I can't wait to go to the big city, and so I I couldn't get here fast enough. But but, but as you get older and you kind of learn more about life, you do go back to the small town, and you have a better appreciation for it. You know? Absolutely, to be able to kind of calm down. Mm-hmm. And just, everybody knows everybody. Go see all your friends that are like family, and
0: and Grand Prairie still kind of has a small town feel to mm-hmm. a certain point. Yeah. But, like,
1: you're like, there's a
0: target right there. There's, like, Walmart <laughs> right there. Like, yeah. I can just hop on the You yeah. know, it's two seconds away. Um, so when you moved here, so um,
1: what, did, what did you go to college for? Actually, it's, it's funny because um, one of my friends has told me, you should be, you should have been an a, 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 a anchor anchor person, and I was like, you know, actually. I can I, see that, totally well, see it's that. Well, so funny, because that was actually my major when I went to, started at UTA, I was broad, in journalism. Really? Yes. And, you know, back then, you're, you're 20, you're like, oh, I think I want, and then you're like, oh, I don't think I want to do that anymore, and then I switched to public relations, that's what my degree is actually in PR. So when did you graduate high school? Um,
0: You don't have to tell me if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I won't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> A few years ago. <laughs>
0: If you it's were a Grand grad, I'd make you <laughs> yes. tell me. But no, that's
1: fine. Uh, no, my mom would kill me. She never. She doesn't want anybody to know her age, so she threatened us to never tell our age. So
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> hilarious. Up, oh, she heard
1: this. <laughs> so you, so public relations. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, so you, did you go get your master's after that? Yes, I got my master's in professional development. Uh, human behavior was my spe- area of specialty. Wow. I know. So it's like okay. <laughs> You're saying one thing, but I really see what. <laughs> and then my uh, doctorate is in uh, leadership and organizational change. Oh wow! Um, so what made you decide to go back and get get your PhD? Well, it really, it's more of my my master's, because um, from there it's kind of like you know you get the master's and it's like okay, well I guess I probably should keep going. You know mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was thinking. But um, it took it was many years before, in between getting my bachelor's and my master's. really um, yeah yeah it was a bigger gap there and um I was just at a place in my life, I, you know, was I was still single and uh, no kids, and I was uh-huh. like, you know, I'm ready for the next step, you know, uh-huh. as far as my career and everything. So I decided to get. I my assumed master. you had like a nine to five job, like an eight to yes, five job, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. Everything, even actually, even worked my way through school when I was getting my bachelor's because, you know, my mom's dad's like, well, I don't know how you're gonna pay for it, but you're <laughs> gonna go to college. <laughs> okay, I better go get a job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really, seriously, I worked the whole time through. But, uh, but then once I got the masters and you know, I was like, okay, then really was more of a challenge of at that point. It's like, okay, I did this, you know, you know, let me go ahead and and work on my doctorate.
0: Well, it seems like for what you do for a living, that would probably be pretty necessary.
1: Yes. 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 And, and I think it's so funny. I was thinking about this, how, you know, a lot of times you're like, Oh, I want to get my doctorate. You know, you get, you have this great brilliant idea you think, and then you start getting further into whatever that, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're endeavoring to do. And you realize that, it's something that's even beyond just you thinking you wanted to do it. And that's kind of what I found with my doctor yes, the idea came into my mind, but I really, you know, I believe we're all, um, well, for myself, um, you know, I'm very spiritual and I feel mm-hmm. like my life is directed. And I feel like while well, I thought I had the idea and the desire to go back to school, that that wasn't that was intended for my purpose. Right. For me to be able to accomplish, not saying I couldn't accomplish things without it, but there are greater things that I can do with it, the greater influence to uh, open doors and mm-hmm. be able to speak and advocate, which is my passion, uh, with it than I probably could do without it. Right which is important to me for our special needs community. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, and you were, one of the things I saw you do, you speak, you, well you spoke one day to a classroom full of students. Oh
1: yes. That was fun to watch. Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that was probably when I, I've had, I love being able to speak to the students and usually I do it around um, Halloween whenever they have the book, uh, favorite book character day because they don't you know celebrate Halloween in the schools. So you get to dress right. up and everything, and go in there, and um, they do it across all the campuses here at GPIC. But what I always do is go to um, the special needs classes, the higher functioning classes. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about the different levels, so I wouldn't necessarily go to Caleb's class, but I would go to some of the uh, the higher more higher functioning classes and read to them because most people don't think they don't even it doesn't even enter their mind that these kids will want to be read to. So right. I so I would go in to read to them, and, and oh my gosh, it's just. I get so much joy out of that, and just, you they're all looking and, looking and asking <laughs> questions, and it's just, it's, it's amazing to be able to do that. It is, mm-hmm. it is. I've participated in Career
0: Days for the past, I don't know, five years, mm-hmm. and it is so fun. Yeah. Because the questions that they ask you mm-hmm. are so off the wall, you wouldn't even think about it, like, as far as what, things that you don't even consider. Uh, my My favorite question to ask when I go out is, we talk about how I sell houses, uh-huh. and you know, that... And I say, what what would you like to see in your house? Mm-hmm. Trampoline room, oh. <laughs> like all that stuff. And I love kids are just, I don't know, when you when you get to be around kids, it's there's a hope there, there's yes. like an excitement there, yes. and it's definitely energizing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, and
1: just their whole perspective of like, I have to say that you know. When I, before I had Caleb, I was on my, you know, just on the, the traditional career path mm-hmm. and climbing the corporate ladder and mm-hmm. had all these goals that I wanted to accomplish. And, and I was doing quite well, you know, in doing all those things. And and you feel like life is great. And this is, this is, this is the bee's knees, as they say. <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be. I say that on the top. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, do bees really have bees? I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, where does that come from? Or the cat's meow? like I know. Meow, yeah. like. <laughs> I know. <It's laughs> But but then, you know, it's like Caleb came along, and it's like, I realized my whole perspective of life was, in my opinion, mine was wrong, because it's like everything is so, it, the way I see things is so differently now, and it's like, it's so much more focused on, um, it's not, I, I was, you know, you don't realize how much you're so focused on yourself, until, uh, in, in yeah. my opinion, until you have kids, and then you realize, oh, wow, you, I wouldn't have called myself self-absorbed, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I, I, I guess because you're just always, you know,
0: that's because you're you get to do everything based on what you want, and it's That's like. Right. And when I realized when I went through my divorce mm-hmm. is when I started realizing how much I love my child yes. based on what you're willing to do yes. to make their your your child's life happy and yes. better, yes. and that sometimes means that you yourself don't always get the things that right. you want, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're miserable. It doesn't mean right. you're unhappy. It just means there's a whole other level of. It's just like when you're trying to teach yourself how to do something new. Mm-hmm. It's just a different level of love. Yes. You know what I mean? Just yes. a sacrificial love. Yes. And sacrificial. Yeah. I'm
1: thinking the same thing. Yes.
0: And exactly. it's you know I'm a spiritual person too, and you know uh, I believe in God, mm-hmm. and, and it, you you have a dip, different understanding and relationship with God. Yes. I feel like when you become a parent, <laughs> yes,
1: you're like, oh Lord, was I really that bad as a child? Because I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I must have really tried your patience because you know, you get it. <laughs> when, you have your, when you become a parent, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> I must have worn you out. <laughs> That's
0: funny. So, were you always like civically, because you're very involved in the community, mm-hmm. were you always like
1: that or did that kind of happen? I think it just, it, it kind of happened gradually over the years, and it wasn't so much that I set out to say um, I want to be involved in the community, but um, as Caleb has gotten older, I have, I have, I've had to become more involved because I want to do everything I can to help to, as I said, to make life better for my son and to best mm. prepare him for this world. And then I don't also advocate uh, for him, but I also advocate for our special needs community. So that means, you know, uh, being available for meetings at the, um, at the Ed Center with the special ed department and being that parent that they can call and say, hey, can you speak at the school board because we wanna get this new facility for our kids mm-hmm. and we need a parent to go and, and speak from a parental perspective, so I'm that person. Or uh, being involved with the playground project and, and doing those countless hours of volunteer time, hours to, so that we can help to uh, raise the money that we need to be able to get this new park that we just have recently opened and continue to build it out. So it's really more of a, um, I, I, I'm, I'm very service minded. I'm very, uh, I have a ministry of helps. It's just a natural thing for me to want to help. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a good combination of being able to help. And then also, I also like to work. I can't go somewhere and not do something. So it's like, okay. I've, so I'm like, okay, here, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna volunteer and I sign up for all, you know, things. But all the, the end goal is to make things better for Caleb, to make things better for our community, to make things better, special needs community and also for our city, you know, and everything. Yeah. I just can't sit back and not do anything. I have to. I have to do something to to make a difference. Yeah, I, it's just ingrained in me to be able to do that. You know? you, you are
0: probably a, and I have a lot of friends on
1: Facebook. <laughs> you are probably
0: one of the most active per- mm-hmm. people when it comes to taking advantage of things that the city has to offer. Mm-hmm. Like for example. We just went through was it for Christmas that y'all went to the planetarium for South? Yes, and I said, yes, I didn't even know that they yes, did that. Yes. Uh, but you'll do stuff like that all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like like when when Caleb got to be chief for a day, mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. know that they did that. Yes. You yes. know, it's it's just so cool. And so, um, you know, it's one thing when somebody has to be a part of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, when I interview the mayor or the city yes. councilman or say, so, Okay, yeah, you gotta kinda do yes. that and yes mm-hmm. you have a civic attitude, yes you wanna do that, but there's a certain part of you that kind of it's mandatory right right. when you're a person that's just volunteering Mm -hmm. it's um, I it it requires a level of actually wanting to make the world a better place so one of the things that I wanted you to kind of talk about was um, for people that are just normal, everyday people that are not wanting to run for city council and right, not wanting right. to be elected, how do you start getting involved? Yes, like, what yes. did you do?
1: Well, you know, it's funny because um, I do a lot of volunteering, not just in our city, but, you know, Habitat. And um, mm. I, I love Habitat for Humanity and, and just different things like that and uh, feeding programs. And I found, I found as I volunteered that a lot of people really want to get involved, but they don't know how to get involved. And a lot of people are intimidated about... Getting involved because the thought of them going to even say for habitat and go do a build or something to go to this place there's nobody that they know and to do something that they've never done it's just it's too much for them so um, I guess for me I've I've kind of worked past that point because I do that but I think that usually and that's why I like to post a lot of the things that I do like that because Mm -hmm. not to brag but to help people to say oh my gosh Dr. Crowder went and did that, and then a lot of times they'll call me and say, hey, I want to go with you the next time, and then they'll go with me, and then once they do it the first time, then they get past that fear, and the next thing you know, that they're volunteering. So I think that it's just, you know, if you've got a friend like myself, somebody that does it regularly, that you can maybe do it with the first time, Mm -hmm. so that you can get past that to do it that way, or, you know, they have different volunteer organizations that you can sign up with. um, Sorry, I don't have any off the top of my yeah, head. But, <clears throat> um, you know, you can go and sign up for those. And a lot of times it's people that are just like them that have never volunteered before right. and just want to have a new experience. But I just encourage people to find something. Find something. You know, there's there's all kinds of things. If you want to work with the elderly, mm-hmm. if you want to work with children, if you want to work with your hands and building, you know, there's tons and tons and tons of things yeah. to do. But I think we all have a responsibility to do something. Not just to walk around, you know, just Just sucking up air, if you will, you know. But we all have a responsibility to to do something, and yes, we're all busy. And maybe they don't have time to volunteer as much as I do and be as involved as I am, but there's still something, even if it's just one thing that you can commit to doing, and it'll make a difference. It will. Mm -hmm. It will. And I think sometimes people have
0: the tendency to not do something unless they're asked. Yeah. But I don't think that people really understand that when you are trying to run a nonprofit or a commission for the for the city or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you hope that people will come to you because yes. you don't have time to go ask everybody to go help you all the time. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. And so one of the things that I try to do is if people have opinions or are passionate about something, mm-hmm. um, if you're passionate about you – know, even as something like if you're passionate about abortion or mm-hmm. something like an issue like that – we have a pregnancy resource center. Yes, you can go be an advocate yes. right in your hometown. You mm-hmm. can go be a part of that, and you can go help somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so anytime I see somebody post anything about that or um, election, you know, issues with like elections, you can go be mm-hmm. on the election yes. committee. You yes. can go be as a part of that, and you can help. So a lot of times, I try to. Challenge people yes. to go find something, right. and Grand Prairie has a lot of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So many more than we probably even realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that you just being a mom and a,
1: and a citizen mm-hmm. is really good. That you're posting a lot of that stuff. Yes, yes, and and I, I think you know I understand people have. Everybody has their opinions and frustrations and things like that, and that's that's natural. That's of course that's, right. Um, but. I mean, for me, it's like I can only listen to that for so long, and then I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen after that? You know, I'm only, I'll, I'll allow you to share those with me to a point, and then it's like, okay, we've got to move past that. And I'm like a next steps person. So, what's gonna happen next? What's the next thing that we can do? And so, if I think that we always have to at least come with an idea, mm-hmm. or let me, like, at Case in Point, um, with the um, special ed department, there was an issue of years ago with the busing situation, and um, we got it all worked out but it was it was you know definitely an issue that was happening and and you know the administrators were not aware of it which as soon as i brought it to their attention Uh i i said this is the issue this is what I'm seeing, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. And so they, they uh, shortly thereafter implemented a new system of being able to find out what's happening with our kids when they're on the bus, and I, I said, hey, I'll be the test pilot person. So my point is, is that, you know, bring it to, if it's something that needs to be brought to the attention of whomever, bring it to their attention, but then don't just leave it there. Say, okay, what can I do to help make this better? I'm, I'm offering myself my services to work with you all to make this right. better for not just my son on the bus, but all the other kids that are riding the bus. Together, right, you know. and,
0: I think, and I think with social media being as it is, it's very easy to, instead of talk to the person that's responsible for the issue, yes. to complain just on social media yes, yes. and say, oh, I'm so upset about blah, 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 mm-hmm. and, and so my response to that is always, okay, if you talk to the person that's yes. responsible, you know? I'm sure you've seen me <laughs> yes, say I'm that. Yeah. And I, yeah,
1: good point. I <laughs> mean,
0: and I'm like, because I'm sure that they would want to know, you right, know. Right. And, um, but it's it, it really is easier for people than I think that they really understand. And people, the thing about it is, is that so many people are willing
1: mm-hmm. to
0: let you come in and help.
1: Yes, and like,
0: yes. what people ask me sometimes, um, how do you, like, Mayor Jensen, for example, when I asked, I've never even done a podcast before. Mm-hmm. When I said, will you do this? And yes, I said, Yes. yes and they say, "How did you get him to do that?" I'm
1: like, "I asked him." Right. It's really that simple. Yes. Sometimes yes. just saying, "What can I do to help?" Right. Right. You know. Yes. 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 That was what we experienced. You we were talking about the chief for the day. Um. That's what we experienced with, with Caleb, Chief Di. You know, amazing, mm-hmm. wonderful person, and just reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know, it was my son's. It was actually on his birthday, my son's birthday," and I said, "And then one of the things with um, Caleb's goals, because our kids have their own individual goals if they're special needs." And I said, one of his goals is to be able to recognize those in the community that are authority figures, so that if something oh. happens, God forbid, we get misplaced, he gets misplaced, he will recognize a police officer based on the uniform and so forth. Oh, wow. So I said, I said, not only is it his birthday, but that's one of his goals, and I. Would would you be willing for me to have Caleb come in and maybe be chief for the day, <laughs> and 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 he said yes, of course. You know, he said of course. I mean, no hesitation or anything. Wow. But I think it's like you said. It's I think it's just the asking part and, and looking for those different things in the, within our community because we have tons of them. Mm-hmm. To see, um, okay, what can we tap into, and, and a lot of times they're free. I mean, I'm always looking for free. You know. yeah, uh, yes. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But um, it's just it's just been great and. One of my goals is to get expose Caleb to because people always ask us, about you guys are always on the go. You're, you know. My goal in doing that is to expose him to as many things, as many as many people, as many situations, life situations as possible, because um, we as a community, special needs community, sometimes tend to kind of. Uh, shelter our kids I mean and I get it I get it you know because we don't want them to be bullied we don't want them to be made fun of we wonder how people are going to respond to them in public and wonder why they're doing that or acting certain ways so I understand that but at the same time from my perspective it's very important to he needs to know how to go and sit be in a restaurant full of other people and he needs to be able to um, go and interact with a police officer he needs to be able to get on an airplane and go up in the air 15,000 feet and have a new experience because I think it's just going to make him a, a better person, a more well rounded person. Mm-hmm. Because at some point he's going to be an adult. He's not going to be little Caleb forever, you know. And so I always look for those opportunities, and then to support the city at the same time. You yeah. Know, with all the things that because they do, our city does awesome things for families.
0: Yes, and you want them to know, like, hey, by the way, we know you spent all this money on playground. We're using it. I know, like, I know. <laughs> and We really enjoy it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that brings up a good point. I'm glad that you kind of brought this up. This was a conversation that I had with my friend. I told you that I have friend of mine, her, her son has autism, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that I have a lot is, when you don't have a child mm-hmm. that has special needs, mm-hmm. um, I would ask her a lot of questions yes. about, you know, because I had a daughter that was about the same age, mm-hmm. and so when we would get them together, mm-hmm. I'm like, please tell me how I explain to my child, mm-hmm. how do we handle relationships mm-hmm. that yeah. look different with your peers, yes. so, you know, I... I don't know if you could speak to that mm-hmm. but I think that even asking and starting conversations with each other about how yes. to have more empathy and understand mm-hmm. you know yeah. how can I teach my child yes. how to interact
1: with other people in the world too. Yes. Yes. So. Yes, and I I love that because that, I think I think it starts with the question. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it starts with the, the the desire to know more and the knowledge to realize that okay, this child is different. This is a different situation, and, and it, not just that this child it's something wrong with him, and just leaving it there, but to say what can I do to adapt my thoughts so that when I'm around that child, I'll know how to have a better interaction with him, and then to share that you know to pass it on to your child. But I think. Probably the best way that I can think about that question is, Caleb has he has a few friends that are uh, mainstream kids, you know, and everything, boys. And when they play with him, it's just the most amazing thing. There's two scouts. Um, um, their mom's name is Sharon, and um, she'll know who she is when she uses. But when they get with him, it's like they don't try to adapt. They don't try to get Caleb to adapt to their play. They adapt to Caleb's play. Mm-hmm. So if Caleb's running over here, they're running over here with Caleb. If Caleb is jumping, they're jumping. They're just kind of modeling what they see him doing. Right. Because Caleb is not always aware and cognizant of what they're doing or what they would want him to be doing. He's just playing because they're playing. Right. Kind of, he's just kind of in his own own mind of play, you know. Right. So the fact that they're just <clears throat> so conscious of what he's doing. And, and they're, but they're engaging him. Too, Caleb, come over here. Caleb, let's go do this, you know, and everything. And it's just, it's so, it's, as, a, as a parent, it's, I can't tell you. It's something that is so simple as play. And that's why this park is so important to me, too see your child it's it's almost like that moment where you can't differentiate between the, the gen ed and the sped, the special education right. person. I mean it's just they're just right there together. Right. And they they truly are having that side by side play experience. So I think just maybe just educating your child is just, just kinda kinda do what they're doing. You know right. what I mean? Kinda see what they're doing and, and supporting them in that way. Right. And it was it was interesting whenever
0: he was littler, he had some issues with Um, boundaries with other people just hair pulling or Mm -hmm. maybe stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's and it's interesting to try to explain to your child that this is not because they're being mean yes you know and how to explain there's (laughs) that that's hard Mm -hmm. when you're trying to talk to a four-year-old about that yes, and that's when we would just and and the more that they played together Mm -hmm. the more that she just started to learn maybe some of his you know personality Mm -hmm. and stuff like that uh, but it, but it also had to do with his mother's openness yes. to talking about it, yes. and she shares a lot of stuff on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I think that the parents have a lot to do with that, yes. being, being really open. Yes, um, yes,
1: I, I agree, I agree to be, yes, because we can't expect, I mean, yes, we, thankfully, we have things like Autism Awareness Month in April, and I think there's a, a much greater push for awareness, and I think that it's been a really great thing, but there's still, there's still a lot there's still a big gap between the um, special needs community and just the regular community mm-hmm. of a, that level of understanding um, but i think the fact that the somebody like myself that's out there talking about it and saying these are the things that you can do to support us and these are the things that we need and uh, just being able to have that willingness for for those that are listening to have the willingness to say well your child's just different you know you, there has to be a willingness on both parts a willingness on the parent and special needs parents be able to talk about it, and then a willingness on the, the other uh, part of the community to be able to listen, mm-hmm. and then s- we meet somewhere in the middle, because mm-hmm. we can't all have what we want, you know?
0: We I know. <laughs> We're all trying to live wor- this, in this world with each other, and everybody's different. <laughs> yes. But one of the things that I love about watching you is that, um, there, there can become a tendency, whatever our challenges are, whether we have, you know, several children that we're trying to take out yes, and do stuff, yes. whether you have a child that's special needs, whether mm-hmm. you have a child that's little, there's challenges to getting out and doing things all yes, the time. Yes. And it can be really easy just to isolate yourself in your house and be like, ah, it's too hard. I don't yes. want to have to drive them, drag them around everywhere. <laughs> right. But you are so good about just Doing it all the time, mm-hmm. and you do do it all the time. <laughs> Doctor, <Rowling. laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, but you also you do stuff without him too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I do.
1: You're right, I do. Yeah. So you do get a chance to get mm-hmm. out. And, yes, and yes, so on occasion I do. But it's so funny because I'm so used to him being with me all the time when he's not with me. I probably don't enjoy it as much because I'm like, oh, I miss Caleb. <laughs> but, yes, I do that. Like I said, I think it's important to, um, to get him out. And, and, you know, even with the volunteering, I mean, that's my heart and passion. I, as, as I said, I have a mm-hmm. ministry of helps and giving. is just a natural part of me to want to help and to give and um even though Caleb has his, his challenges with autism i i still want to I, I still want to believe that i'm instilling that in him because every time i volunteer a lot of times especially with playground Play mm-hmm. he's with me mm-hmm. you know he might be sometimes he might be helping me hand out stuff sometimes he might be sitting but he's there and i want him to grow up with that mentality of of uh, i remember my mom was all we were always somewhere helping yes. people yes it's very very important it to me it to absolutely help. is yes. and mm-hmm. i think that
0: with children they need to see us working. They need to see what it looks like that we work. They need to see what it looks like that we volunteer. Mm -hmm. They need to see what it looks like as we talk to other people, how we interact with them, and how we are able to compromise Mm -hmm. and to come to a greater goal. And whether or not we say those things to them, they see it. We're modeling it. Absolutely. Uh And um, I was talking to uh, Jeff Copeland. He was talking about how he, his, uh, Sandy used to take him around all the time to all the different events that mm-hmm. she was doing mm-hmm. and she never said it out loud, yes. but it just became a part of his DNA, like yes. as an adult. And I didn't think about that with my own child, but I thought that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing is mm-hmm. she sees me, yes. you know, do that. Um, so speaking as far as, cause you're a business owner, you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur mm-hmm. How difficult is that for you? As, have you found it to be challenging? You mean as far
1: as the... Starting a business and running a business on your own? Yes. I mean, you know, of course, <laughs> of course there's always those challenges. Um, Cause you know, you're, I, I think the main thing, you're just constantly having to tweak it. I guess if, if it was somebody else's company, you just kind of go in and do what they tell you right. to do. But if it's your own, you're having to tweak and you're having to say, okay, well, Maybe I should have taken this this um, this pro taken on this project. Or I, it looked good at the beginning, but now I've got all these other things that I am um, accountable to. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but um, but I think I think the um, the benefits outweighs the you know the challenges. In that you still have that that level of flexibility mm-hmm. that you need. You know, to be able to say, well, I think this this is going to be good for you. Or maybe that's you know, yeah, maybe that's more money, but this is maybe not the best. Think for me right mm-hmm. now or you know sp- talking about the scheduling and so forth but yeah, yeah. there's there's always those those challenges definitely do definitely. you feel
0: like you're always because I know that I feel like this but do you feel like you're always trying to reassess your priorities like every yes, day
1: every day oh my gosh yes and and the thing about the thing about having a, a special needs child is, I, th- I think you become a master planner. I mean, I really, <laughs> and even in that, like this morning, I was so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had it all in my mind, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go get lunch for Caleb because he's going to the, you know, it's it's like you you try to, but you do, you have to be more conscientious of what you're doing, what you're, what's happening with your day and uh, where you need to be, and I mean, you have to think of everything, uh-huh. and then even with that, you know, things come up, or you maybe didn't think of something else, and then you suddenly have to adjust, so it's it's like it's like this constant thing going on in your mind, yes. mean, this constant yes. of where you need to be, it's just kind of like a <clears throat> chess game that's happening all the time.
0: I liked what you said about you feel like you take on that project, it's going to be a good thing, and then it turns out to be something you didn't even anticipate. Right. I don't know about you, but I mean, you seem like a really positive. Like, oh, I can do yeah. that. Of and I'm the same way. And then I'm like, what was I thinking? I know. Oh my gosh! Lord, give me help. Yes. I, I look it. around sometimes, and I'm like, because. We're talking about volunteering and being involved. Yes. Well, there is a chance that you could really overstep that and become yes. so involved yes. that, like, your life is completely consumed. You're right. There
1: has to be a balance. Yes. Do you
0: struggle with that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I mean, I did more, did so more before, but now I've kind of learned to, to have that balance. And because, because it, it is, like I said, it's such a natural part of me want to want to give. I get so much pleasure out of it. I mean, people are like, habitat, you, you're you hammering. You know, it's like, but you just don't understand what that means to me to, to know, because as I'm hammering, I'm thinking that this is a house that I'm helping to build for a family mm-hmm. that's gonna be here, you know, for right. many years to come and have memories. I mean, I have this whole picture in my mind, you know? Yes. And and so it's like, so so if it were, if it were up to me, Seriously, if it were up to me, I would do Habitat for Humanity at least two or three days a week. I love it that much. I mm. love it that much. Or I would go and feed the feed the homeless, or I would, you know, I, I would just do that. But I know that I can't because I've got other obligations and everything. So yes, I have to really kind of reel myself. You know, I'm signing up online for Habitat, and they're like, "Okay, wait, Ron, look at your calendar. You don't, you know, <laughs> have to. Do, okay, I'll take it back. You know, but." But definitely having to be more aware of, okay, I love to do this, but I also am obligated to, uh, you know, my son is my number one priority and, of course, my home and my husband and so mm-hmm. forth. So, and and even the word no, I don't know if you, do you struggle with that? That's also. Never. Important. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> All the I'm time. Like, how did you do that? No. <laughs> All the time. Yes, I think for me that's probably the bigger challenge than even even overextending myself from the things that I enjoy mm-hmm. doing. You know, it's like the volunteers I mentioned is, is when people want you to do something and you really want to do it, but you really know you should say Especially no.
0: Especially when they see that you are a very good person to work with. You're very outgoing. You're very positive. You're very capable. Mm-hmm. Like when you become that person in your community. Yes. You start getting asked to do a lot more stuff. And then you have to say, listen, I would love to do that, but I cannot. There's no way that I can add another thing. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that now. Yes, (laughs) yes. And it's not been easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find that – does your husband – like, do you all have a lot of conversations about that? Or did he know this about you? (laughs) Yes, he –
1: actually, I probably – yes, he he knows. And the thing is, is that he – he he encourages that because he knows that that it truly gives me so much joy to be able to right. to go out and help, and so we really rarely have an issue where he's like, well, on occasion, of course, he's like, well, what? I thought I was going to get to do, you know? <laughs> what do you mean you got a, a meeting tonight? Another meeting tonight? You know, one of those kind of things. But but for the most part, you know, he knows that that brings me joy, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times Caleb is with me too, so right. You know, Does yeah. it, it? It
0: energizes me too. Mm-hmm. But so, every so often, if I really, really just go too far. It just, I burnt out. Yes. I just get, I, I kind of stop and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure something else yes. out here. Cause I look around, I'm like, how did I get to be a part of all of this stuff? <laughs> like, there was a period where I was involved with Rotary and historical organization, the women's club, like all this stuff. And yes. I look around and I'm like, how did I join every I know. single thing? <laughs> and not only that, but I'm on the board of every single thing too. And it's like, yes. I can't, you can't just do that. And I it's, know. it's so hard. Uh, because just like you, I visualize. It's yes. just this visual thing, mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's how I can start doing something like
1: that because I see the end result yes. so easily. Yes ah uh,
0: and it's just hard and you and
1: you know the level of, of impact that you can have when you when you mm-hmm. are wi- working with those organizations mm-hmm. so and you can oh if i do this and i take these skills that i have and i know these people and i connect them so you have it all worked out in your mind but you're right at, at some point you and you are seeing that with five different other places and the next thing you know you're like oh that's you know did, you just made a really good point
0: i actually um i just wrote a course about training people how to do uh, an estate sale business but like I talk about connecting people. Mm-hmm. I talk about that, and you just mentioned that. So like, <laughs> that is one of the things that does come from being able to be a really um, active person in your communities yes. when you start learning mm-hmm. more people. Mm-hmm.
1: So do you do that a lot? Do you find yourself like that? Yes, to, yes, I'm like, and, and that's even part of the, kind of the um, taking on too much in a sense, because you, you are that person. They're like, oh, I, need, I, I know I need to find somebody that does this, so you're probably the person that people call. And you're like, okay, and then, like, this person's calling, and this person's texting, and this person's emailing. I'm like, oh, my God. So it's not just me then. No. <laughs> <laughs> just this. Oh, my God. Just in this
0: last week, I swear, I had somebody ask me, do I know a lawyer? Do I know an accountant? Know. And I'm like, yes, I probably do, but I would have to. Leave. I know. <laughs> And then I forget that people ask me, and I, like, I
1: feel terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I know somebody emailed, somebody texted me about, or somebody Facebooked me about something, and and you know, or you, they put it in a comment on something you posted, and I'm like, oh my god, who was that? And yeah. I think I'm not responding to them, and I can't find it. and Hopefully, they'll ask me again. <laughs> When I was asking
0: Mary Jensen about how he keeps up with all that, he's like, I have a really good assistant. Yes. I'm like, Yeah, that's true. Yes. You know, I do not have a really like I don't have somebody that's just constantly behind right, me right, taking right. care of that. But that's so funny. Um, so like where do you think your positivity comes from?
1: Well, I think part of it is I have this childlike enthusiasm uh, about life mm-hmm. and view of life. You know, I think that um anytime something happens My first instinct is always to look at the positive, to look at the good, whether it's with people, you know, situations, um, things that are happening, even when it's maybe not a most favorable, something that's not most favorable that's happening. But I always try to find the good in it, and Mm. I think a lot of it comes from my faith uh, in in knowing that all things work together for our good, that there's good in everything, even Mm. in the bad, that at some point the good's going to work its way up to the top. And um, we were talking about, you asked me about my smile earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, you know, I was like, why well, do I do smile a lot? <laughs> <laughs> you do. I, I've tried to not smile, but I, I, I start laughing. Why would because, you try to not smile? Well, because I have friends that, that they take these lovely pictures and they're not smiling. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that, but I always look, I just oh. look really like I'm not feeling well. I'm sick or something. <laughs> but, but. One of the things I realized when you asked me that question, because I really thought it was like, you know, I think a lot of times, obviously I'm smiling a lot of times when I am truly happy. But even when I'm not happy, I smile because it makes me. It makes me feel better when I smile, and so if I'm if I'm not having such a great day, and I look in the mirror and I smile, it, it just it lifts my spirit. So it's almost like ministry to myself. Yeah. And of course, you know, when you smile with other, at other people, then they smile back, and that makes you feel better. So it's like this all this stuff is happening when you're smiling. You know. And it's and it's hard because like if you're a person, I I, I would
0: say that I'm a pretty positive person mm-hmm. too. When you don't have that smile, yes. I remember I, I was a restaurant manager at Texas Roadhouse actually, mm-hmm. and on the days that if I was thinking, mm-hmm. if I, if I wasn't even in a bad mood, right. but if I was not joyous and excited, mm-hmm. and I was like thinking about, okay, I need to order this, I need to order that, people were like, "Are you okay? Is everything all right? So yes. am, I, am I in trouble? Yes. You know?" And it made me realize I have to be aware mm-hmm. of the <laughs> image that you're <laughs> yes, putting out yes. the world, and it, not that I need to be worried about no, it, but I it, like, yes, yeah, totally. but it also you don't know who you're affecting, Yes, you know, because I don't know, would you have thought that somebody would have seen that about right. you, you right. know, that right. that's, what, that's what led me to be mm-hmm. really interested in, mm-hmm. in you. And because I have, there's tons of people online and there's so many things that you could pay attention to. Yes. And I am so much more attracted to the positive yes. smiling than I am the negative. Yes. The negative yes. literally sucks it out of it me. It does, it just drains you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I noticed that um, if I'm in a bad mood, and, and I'll call a friend, they're like, what were you just looking at? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got sucked into the vortex of Facebook. Yeah. You know, yes. we got, discuss- we got right. to talk about this and I realized I've got to be very cognizant of what I put yes. into my brain. Yeah, Even just images. So mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm looking at you smiling mm-hmm. with your son yes. and I'm like, oh, y'all just
1: went and did something really <laughs> cool. It, 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 it really even has an effect even in that way, so. You're right, and and it's so funny you say that about the picture of Caleb and me, because when I see you with your daughter, you guys (laughs) remind me of us, when y'all are out doing stuff together. It makes me smile too, and it does, It's just it's something something physiologically happens mm-hmm. when you when you have that smile and you see the picture. And it makes you. It just does make you feel better. Mm-hmm. So at least it does for me. I mean, I actually feel. I can feel that I feel better. On yeah. Well, you know? and
0: it, it it makes you feel like I felt like there was something in you that I you and me. There was something about us together. Yes. And I think that you can have even that connection. I don't think that people sometimes understand how much. Their image, their aura, their attitude comes out in so many things, and I mean, you know, one of the reasons I set out to do this podcast was to find people like Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. that were just in our community, that were positive, that were all these things so that I could talk to them, and just the smile Mm -hmm. is a big deal, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it's just, it's really neat to
1: watch you guys. Mm-hmm. It's really, really neat. So let me ask you, so does, okay, so talking about the small, do you, does it, you have a, feel a greater level of accountability when you are not having such a great day? Because mm. you know, I, may, I may start my post, because, you know, I do my daily post for a positive post, and, and I normally don't post anything negative, but, you know, I may you know, kind of go in there a little bit. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, people are always talking about my positive posts. I'll be like, erase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was such a lovely day. <laughs> but it, I, feel, I do feel like a greater sense of accountability because people do look, when when they know that you're that way, they look for that from you. Yes. And people say, oh my gosh, thank you for that. I needed that today. Thank yes. you for that positive post. Thank you for that smile. Thank you yes. for that compliment. And I, But I like being held to that higher standard of, of positivity. Yes. Yes. Know, I, okay?
0: I completely, yes, absolutely. And I've learned and I've, I've kind of had to learn that who the people are that I can go to yes. that will not judge me yes. and who yes. will understand that this is just me having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I need to always, cause I believe in being genuine too. Yes, I don't want to be fake, right, you right. know? And so there's a level of like, I don't just want to put a smile out there just cause I'm just trying to be fake, but right. like, you know, but I try to be genuine and transparent but then also to understand, not everybody needs to know every single thing. Yes, and yes. so it's like, I have to go to the people
1: that I can talk to. Mm-hmm. You exactly. Know? Right. To get that, for me, it's like a restoration. The people that you can talk to where, the, where you can just be yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, your true, your open self, true self. And like you said, they won't judge you mm-hmm. and they will help to restore you. It's a bit of restoration that takes place. Even in just sharing with them and talking with them and knowing that you can trust them to be to be able to handle whatever it is that you are going through at that time. Right. And then after that happens, then you are restored and then you are able to be yes. you know, put that genuine smile back out there yes. and be able to go go on your way with the positivity. And,
0: the, and those are my own personal that's that's my own personal feelings about like how my life is going. One of the things that I have to be very aware of is I, there's certain lines I will not cross mm-hmm. when it comes to I do not talk about people. Yes. Like if I find that we're going down that path. Yes. Yes. Even if I agree with you, mm-hmm. we're not doing it. I agree. Totally. So Yeah. Yes. So yes. I have to always, that is something that I am, I don't even have to think about. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just something that I have to be aware of all the time is yes. what am I doing to either make the situation that we're in right now better or yes. make it worse. Yes. And when it comes to me and my own personal life and things going on, that's one thing. But when it comes to... Being responsible to your city or mm-hmm. to your church or yes. to your organization. Yes. I, I just don't go there. Yes. I don't know about you, but. No, I agree. I
1: agree. I mean, and making fun of people. I mean, I have, yeah, there's different things, too. Because, it's. I mean, to me, it's like, what is there any profit in this? Mm-hmm. And if, if the answer is no, then don't do it. You right. Know, other than just make just being mean, (laughs) you know, right. Uh, How's this going to help the other person? How is there going to, is it going to benefit them in any way? You know, or even, even in the things that you say to people, you know? Yes. Uh, And even with the people that are like elected officials in our community mm -hmm. and even
0: with people like that, sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, yes, I understand that people have opinions, Mm -hmm. but I also have to understand that these people are regular people too. Yes. yes <laughs> and yes. they have put themselves on the line. Mm-hmm. So, like, I try to be really, really cognizant about that. Yes. I
1: agree. You
0: and I get along really well. Oh, yeah. I knew that we would. I know. I knew that we would. <laughs> yes. But I just want to thank you so much for coming oh, today. Gosh. I really oh, appreciate it. I know. You. And so you need to come co host with me sometime.
1: I, I would love that. That would be
0: yeah, awesome. I would love that. Uh, so thank you so much for joining You're me. You're welcome. Thank you. Jenna. <laughs>